0: Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Good morning everybody. How's everybody doing in the room? Everybody good. There you are. Couldn't see you for a second. I want to welcome everybody. My name is Danny Rivers and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. If you're in the room with us, welcome. If you're in the, in, the, in the lobby, welcome. If you're in the tent, welcome. If you're at home or wherever you are, welcome. Um, in fact, those of you here in the room, would you give everybody else out there a big hand? Would you welcome them as well? Thank you, guys, for being here. Uh, one thing before I jump into the message today, um, ladies in the room out there listening, wherever you are, our Thrive Night's this Friday. Um, one thing we did not tell you, um, was we're almost sold out. I think it's we're right at 400 uh, women that have registered, which is amazing. Uh, and this building seats 412, um, not including the cry room, not including the production room. So um, we're gonna have to cut off um, the registration. So if you're thinking about it, if you want to do it, you, you need to do it. I, I'm telling you, you got to do it. You probably need to do it today. Um, we'll open the tent for folks if they need it, but uh, you don't want to sit in the tent probably uh, on the women's night. But if you if you do, we'll have it for you. Okay. So um, love you guys. Thank you so much for doing that. And it's going to be an amazing night. Um, we've been talking. If you're if you're if you're if you're new here, by the way, if you're a guest here today, uh, welcome, welcome. And especially on a day where it's drizzly, which in San Antonio is the, the equivalent of a blizzard. Can I get an amen? Uh, that you guys braved the, the, braved the weather, and you're here, and uh, so thank you. Uh, we, we've been talking about flourishing over the past uh, several weeks, and we're going to continue this over the next several weeks, and we, we've connected flourishing um, and, and fruitfulness um, together from God's design in the beginning when he created Adam and Eve. It's God's design. We believe from the beginning of the Bible to the end that we, we flourish in life, that we grow that we, we become the person that God had in mind when he created us, that our life bears fruit and that it makes a difference in the world for other people, for our families, for our, for our nation, for our neighborhoods. And we said that the bottom line is that, that if your life and my life will bear fruit, if we will flourish, it begins, Psalm 92 says, uh, that we're planted, the righteous will bear fruit, it says. The righteous will flourish uh, and then it tells us how, planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. And, and we said that if, if we're going to have peace with God, if we're going to have peace with other people, if we're going to have peace within, which is that kind of biblical idea of shalom or or, or or flourishing, it will come by being planted. It will come in the way we talked about last week by being connected to the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine you are the branches, and it will come being planted in the house of the Lord. It will become being planted in the presence of God, in the word of God, with the people of God, doing life with other people. And God says, God's word says in Psalm 1, that the person who, who does that, he says, they'll be like a tree that's planted by streams of, of water, that they'll, they'll, they'll bear fruit in due season in, in their lives and, 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 and God's word does not say that, that our lives will be without hardships or trial or suffering or, or struggles because that comes to us all. But God's word does tell us that even in that, your life and my life can be fruitful. And we said last week that, that Jesus said, my father is the gardener. We have a God who, who will prune, who will cut back, who will trim things out of our lives that don't belong. And so today I want to switch gears and I want to start to give us handles, like something we can carry out and practice what we're hearing, disciplines, if you will, that can help us, as we partner with God, can help us begin to flourish in life in the way God intended for us. These are all going to be about doing things God's way, Um, doing things God's way and not just doing whatever our culture, whatever our world sort of tells us to do, And and so the first practice I want to give you today, it's kind of vague at first, I'll unpack it as we go, is this idea that you and I live a life that is filled with seasons, and there should be a rhythm to the way that we live our lives, and so the rhythms should come from the season that we're in. So I'm going to call the message today, Rest and Rhythms, or Rhythms and, and Rest, There is a rhythm to the natural world. Just look around you. There's a a rhythm to traffic. Come on, in San Antonio, the rhythm is, it's just traffic all the time. Can I get a witness on that? Every road we have is under construction. For 10 years, yes. And 10 years from now, they'll still be under construction, all right? And they're about to tear this road up, and so... Praise God, however hard you thought it was to come in and come out, it's gonna be a little more challenging. So helicopter, just, I'm telling you. Heli- no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Nature has a rhythm. The sun, the moon, the stars, their own rhythm. The ocean, it has a rhythm. The natural world, we call this seasons. Spring, summer, fall, winter, spring. The world turns green again, right? The world starts to warm up. Things are new. Summer, things mature. They grow. They, 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 in our place, they bake. Come on, somebody in this town, right? In fall, the weather changes uh, eventually. The, the harvest comes. Everything becomes pumpkinized. Come on, pumpkin everything, right? Um, winter, it gets coldish for a month, and then we have crazy snaps of weather, apparently, in the last three years that freeze everything and kill all the plants that we planted in spring, right? Um, in winter, it feels... Like, 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 talk to me in another month and it's gonna feel like the winter is never gonna end. Right? And our lives are just like this. We have seasons of spring, of flourishing, of growing, of producing. We have seasons of summer where we slow down. We have seasons of fall, of harvest, where the things that we planted when we were younger start to come to fruition. We start to see the payoff in life for some of our things. Winter, right, we go through winter seasons where we may struggle and everything seems harder than it should be. Sometimes in life you have incredible momentum and it seems like everything that you put your hands to just works. Other times it feels like you're walking in in peanut butter. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? There's a rhythm to life and if you understand this and you get in tune with it, it causes your life to flow, to flow so much better. So we learn the rhythms of our lives. We, 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 we discern the seasons we're in. And sometimes we may need to get somebody to help us discern that, but we, we talk it through and, and, and we understand the responses that our lives are meant to have to the season. And, and when we don't do this, and you're looking at a guy who, who's learned this late in life, it, it can cause frustration and struggle and hardship and, 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 and pain. And, and we have to develop appropriate rhythms for the seasons we're in. And and when I say rhythm, I'm going to use another word. I I, I like it like flow, like there's a flow to our days. There's a flow to our weeks. There's a flow to our months and years. They have a flow. I, I want you to think about it even at a more granular level. There's an order. There's a schedule that dictates how we live our days. So we pray, we, we read God's word, we go to work, we rest, we play, we work out. There's family, there's friendships. All of it happens in the flow of our days and our weeks and our months and our years. And all of the important things, not the urgent things that pop up in our lives, but the actual important things always find their place in the flow of our days, of our weeks, of our months, and our years. And the flow can get adjusted depending on the season we're in. And so Jesus, when he's describing this notion of flow, of rhythm, he says in Matthew's Gospel, and I'm reading this from the message paraphrase, he says that our lives have a flow. Here's what he says in Matthew 11. I've read this many, many times. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out? On religion, come to me, notice these words, Come to me with that, with that tiredness, with that worn outness. Get away with me. Notice that language, get away. Like it, whatever's causing tired, worn out, burned out, get away. But don't just, get, don't just escape. Get away with me, he says. And then you'll recover your life, the flourishing life, the fruitful life. I'll show you how to take a real rest Now notice this phrase, walk with me, and then this phrase, and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you, meaning if you're overwhelmed chronically, that didn't come from God. You with me? Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely, and lightly. There are unforced rhythms of grace. There is a way of walking and keeping in step with Jesus, keeping company with him as as it's translated here, that causes your life to have a flow about it that works. And when you begin to understand the flow of your life and live in the rhythms of grace, life just works better. Now, confession time for me, I have not always lived like this. Um, with an understanding of how life is, is seasonal and I have to live and I have to work and I have to play in a way that is appropriate to the season I'm in, I, I still miss this on occasion and I've paid the price accordingly. I have found myself not liking the season that I'm in, so fighting against it, against what I feel are the constraints of a season by working harder than I can or ignoring my own limits or my limitations Working exclusively from my own strength, my own wit, my own intellect or energy, and not from, from a place of grace and, and, and of God's grace and energy, which then results in me wearing things that are heavy and ill-fitting, like like anger or shame or exhaustion, right? And and that causes a, a, a sense of unrest in me, where peace can seem far away, worn out, exhausted at a soul level. And by the way, we're going to go to how to care for your soul in this series, how to do that. We're going we're gonna to unpack that for you. Um, and, 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 and I've just come through, honestly, a season like this. And quite honestly, it wasn't necessarily because I ignored the rhythms or the seasons is because it's true that sometimes in life, our lives, things can happen and that cause change suddenly that sort of jolt us out of rhythm. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Like, like something happens, a job lost, a, a, a death in the family, a, a sickness can just jolt us out of rhythm. So, So I'm gonna just drill down into my own story, my own recent story, just as an example, and you'll have to fill in the blanks on your own. Many of you are aware that we had a pretty significant growth spurt, um, especially the back half of last year, where as a church we grew by, I, I don't know, four or five hundred people. Now, of course, that's a beautiful thing uh, for for anybody, right? Um, you kind of live and, and and you you sowed a lot, and now you get to harvest what you sowed. And but but it does add stress and some chaos when you have a building this size, and and. It, there's not enough room, right? And, and so then it was tent and building campaigns and staffing and money and parking and traffic flows. And then in the fall, we had decided earlier in the year to take a trip, a, a team, to our orphanage in the Philippines. And I had decided that I was going to lead this trip. But as we were getting closer to that trip I I began to realize that my body and my mind and my sort of emotional, the soulish part of me were just tired uh, from all the good things that had happened. And the the stress, uh, for whatever reason, we decided to buy a house and remodel it. Don't do that. Don't ever move. Wherever you live, just stay there. Can I get an amen from somebody? Like however good you think it's gonna be, it's not worth it, son. I remember chasing a snake out into the woods, and my dad yelling after me, it's not worth it, son. That's what I want to say to all of you. Just stay where you are. Plant it in your house of the Lord, right? Come on. We were doing all that. We were running this capital campaign, trying to meet the needs of a growing congregation, changing staffing dynamics in addition to some health issues that most of you know that I deal with. All of it just sort of piled up super fast, And I knew, I knew it was unwise for me to lead that team over to the Philippines. The the, the toll of flying 15 hours plus 14 hours backwards, right, or, or sorry, into the future, you lose, like you leave LA and you arrive 29 hours later in Manila. Now, just trust me, that's not good for your body, come on somebody, or your sleep for the next week. And... So day four, some of you have heard the story, I find out my mother's sick. Day five, I'm told, come home quickly. The next three weeks in the hospitals, spending nights in hospital, my mother passes. The broken heart, the crushed soul, the tired, worn out, overwhelmed of just that one thing alone, but piled up onto all the other things. But, but I had determined, even though I felt overwhelmed, I got to grind it out just you have to you have to grind this out this season out can't bail out can't just quit your job can't just bury your head in the sand so, and and here's the point even though I have this growing awareness of seasons and rhythms sometimes stuff happens that are not are often not in your control but but one thing I know is that for me the yellow light came on in early October and I felt like 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 the warning light in your car you know what I'm saying and I felt like I had no choice but just to ignore it like it wasn't there and, and instead of taking a time out and going, hey, I, I, can't, I can't do this trip. I'm so sorry. Somebody else is going to have to go. And just sort of leaning away from busyness and into rest and into Jesus, I decided just to grind through it anyways, which of course is a mistake. Your mind, listen, your mind, your body, your soul can only handle so much. And we ignore those things those yellow lights that come on to our own peril, and it takes a toll on your physical body, and it takes a toll on your mental well-being, and it takes a toll on your soul, which is why Jesus says in, in other translations, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and he says, I will give you rest for your souls, for your souls, right? And, 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 and so all of that can create a, a tension and, and stress even in your relational world. And, and this is where you end up feeling beat up at a soul level. And, and, and what we have to learn how to do is we cannot control all the things that happen to us, but we have to learn to fight to create space in the rhythm of our days to let God's word speak to us, to not just read God's word, but to let God's word get inside of us, to to, to let God's presence Comfort us and strengthen us. And oftentimes, what we do we're in those busy seasons is we lean away from God, from God's house, from God's word, and we lean into more busy, harsh. And when the yellow light came on, instead of leaning away from all of that, I leaned in the wrong direction. And here's why I bring this up when you ignore the rhythms of life and when you allow yourself to get out of rhythm and stay out of rhythm, it will affect your fruitfulness. And you're flourishing. You just have to know that. And you will not find yourself at peace with with, with other people. You won't even feel at peace with God, even though you have you're probably in right relationship with Him. You won't have peace within. You will feel, and, and I've seen this in my own world, you will start to feel increasingly distanced from God, maybe because your lack of rhythm has affected your devotional life. Not in God's word not in God's presence, not praying, not gathering regularly for worship and to be with God's people, sensing a lack of nearness and connection to the vine, it inevitably will raise, listen, this is my story, it will raise your anxiety levels. It will raise your stress levels. You will start to become increasingly irritated by people, right? Agitated easily. And thus lose peace with others. Losing peace with others causes you to lose peace inside. And some of you living in this right now, right here. I'm going to tell you from my own experience, you have to pay attention to what's happening inside. And so what does our spiritual adversary, Satan, want to do to you, with you? He wants to disrupt your rhythms, your healthy rhythms. He wants to create chaos instead of peace. And so Jesus says, In John 10, 10, he says, the thief, Satan, the adversary, comes only, notice the word, only to, say it with me, to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, on the other hand, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, fruitful and flourishing. There's this, di- this dichotomy. The enemy, through the ways of the world, the culture, the way that things go, is trying to lead you away from peace, away from joy, away from walking with, with, in the unforced rhythms of grace. And, and Jesus has said, I've come to you to give you a life that is full, that is abundant, that is overflowing, that is flourishing. Your enemy does not want you to flourish, everybody. Does not want you to live in the awareness that you are an image bearer of God himself. Does not want you to experience peace with God, peace with other people, peace with him. He doesn't want you living with sustained joy. He doesn't want you to partner with God like the Algarins are doing, right? And live with a mission to orient your life around. He doesn't want you living freely or lightly or learning the unforced rhythms of grace. He wants you to focus on the wrong things in life and get distracted and frustrated and anxious and angry and fearful. And so if you just keep going the way you've always been going and you you do what everybody else does and you Don't learn the unforced rhythms of grace by working with him, by watching him, by walking with him. You're gonna end up spinning your wheels year after year after year after year, and you'll say, my life is not fruitful. My life is not flourishing, but there is a rhythm to it. You gotta understand there is a rhythm, a flow, an order to our lives. Balance, that's a notion that people talk about all the time. Hey, you gotta live balanced, you know, right? Right? Balance is probably a myth. Some people will disagree with me, but I would say this. I don't see people who accomplish big things living very balanced, but what I do see is that they're passionate, they give energy to, but they understand the importance of seasons and rhythms and limits. They understand it. They accomplish things kind of out of balance sometimes, but they do it with an understanding of seasons and rhythms. So I want to give you this notion of ebb and flow ebb and flow ebb still flow move still move still and go <clears throat> two words from the Bible around this not very popular in our day but certainly popular by the Apostle Paul the first one this is what Paul writes 1 Corinthians 15 58 he says therefore my dear brothers and sisters be what Steadfast, be 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 planted by streams of living water, and, and immovable. Don't don't be shaken, don't be tossed and turned, don't be double-minded, right? And and here's the word always abounding, say this with me, abounding in the work of the Lord because you know your labor in the Lord is, is not in vain. The word that I want you to highlight in your mind is this word of bound. <clears throat> now, this word in the Bible means to overflow to be full, to, to, to excel in something, to have tremendous energy for the work, the mission, the purpose that God puts in your heart and your life. So when Eugene Peterson translates this statement, he says, throw yourself into the work that God gives you to do. Colossians 3:17, Paul says, and whatever you do, um, do we have that? Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father, Uh, Through him, the idea here is that God gives everybody good work to do, whether you get paid for it or not, whether you're a volunteer, retired, whether you work in an office, or you work from home, or or church, or or you volunteer at a school where you're raising kids from home, right? Uh, Like in the neighborhood, whatever it is, there's good work to do. There's a mission to orient your life around that we've been talking about these last three weeks. It's how we partner with God in the flourishing of the world. And, And the idea is if you're volunteering, for instance, on the dream team, do that with all of your heart. Like if you're serving in the city with a, with a nonprofit, do that with all of your heart, with passion and energy. Whatever your job is, abound. Give it everything you have. That's God's design. Do your best. Work as hard as you can within your limits. Be excellent. Abound. Go to sleep at night going knowing you gave it your best unto the Lord. In fact, I didn't have this for the first gathering, but I have a, a picture here of a book that I found very helpful with this idea of bounding, abounding. It's called At Your Best um, by a former pastor and an attorney named uh, Carrie Newhoff. Um, it talks about how to abound, how to get your energy and your time and manage all of that well. I just I want it to be helpful. But, but, but let me tell you what the other side of that coin is. Um, for some folks in our, in our culture... People who don't abound, they, they don't work hard, they don't give it their best effort at work, they, they slack, they cut corners, they do the least they can to get by. I, I just gotta tell you, that kind of person will not be at peace with God, with people within themselves, because part of what it means to flourish is that we have a passion for what we do. We give energy to our work. Listen, if we don't do this, if we don't give it our best the way... God says, God's word says, we're not gonna feel fulfilled. And, and we are meant to be, God says to Adam and Eve, to be fruitful and to increase and in number and to multiply. We're meant to use the talents, the skills, the energy, the intellect, the experiences that God has given us and, and do the best with them. And, and, and I think what's true is that we wanna be able to say at the end of our day, God, what you gave me, I took that and I did the very best I could as, as though I were doing it unto the Lord. Not under human masters, Paul says. Th- th- that's, that's one word. That's a bound. The second word is, is, is the word we've been working from last week in John 15. Jesus says to his disciples in John 15, um, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, cannot be fruitful, cannot flourish on its own, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So, so we have a bound. Flourish, go, go after it with energy, with passion, with zeal. We have this other word, abide. And abide just means to remain, to dwell with, to linger with. So when Jesus says we're to abide with him, the idea is that we're to live connected in an unhurried, peaceful, lingering kind of way. We're slowing down, we're listening, we're carving out space in the rhythm of our days, Every day, we're carving out space to be with him, right? There's there's a rhythm of life. We we work, we go hard, but we do it in a way that is unto the Lord. We, We don't just abound in the work God gives us. We also abide with him. We work hard, we rest. There's an ebb, and there's a flow. There's an ebb, and there's a flow. We live with passion for the work God gives us. But we, we pause in our days, in our weeks, in our months, in our years. We pause and we connect. So, so when I think about the word abide, I, I want to abide with God. I'd I like to be a man of deep prayer. I'd like to be a fully authentic human being, not just sort of skimming or hydroplaning over all the ups and downs of life, like to experience, to feel all of the things to experience life deeply. I don't I want I to go through my life just as this driven and obsessed person all the time. I, I, I don't want to live at the pace of a, of a frenzied world that's gone mad. I want to be a really good dad. I probably don't always get that right, but I want to be a really good dad. I, I want deep moments with my girls. I want to savor every bit of the mystery and the wonder and the love of, of marriage. I want to have deep, intimate life-giving friendships with my, with my oldest friends. I, I want to have more of my mind formed by, by the word of God, the scriptures, than I do by all of the marketing uh, and, and, of Hollywood and, and our news channels. I, I'd like to do what the psalmist did, where he says, the Lord's my shepherd and he, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters, the still waters, the waters of rest. And what does he do there? He... He restores my soul. I'd like that because my soul, and so does yours, gets really jacked up by the pace of life and the things that come after us. So I find myself with this tension. On the one hand, I want to abound in my life. I want to run the race. I want to fight the fight. I want to throw myself into the work that God's given me. I want to have I have healthy ambitions. I want to succeed, but I also want to abide with Jesus all throughout it. There's an ebb, and there's a flow. And so, so Jesus says back, back to Matthew 11, you tired, worn out, burned out, but watch this, get away with me, you'll recover your life. But these two words, walk with me, say that with me, walk with, that's that, abide. It's not like I walk with him for an hour and five minutes in this room or out there or tuned in wherever you are. No, no, no. I daily, I walk with him. Galatians 5, I keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And as he leads me and as he guides me, the yellow light comes on. And I go, oh, I see that, God. God says, whoa, whoa Danny, slow down, Bob. You don't have to do everything that you think you have to do. W- w- walk with me. That's a that's bite. And work with me. That's a bound. But he means more than just do your work for me, with me. It also means... Hey, you got to work with me if you're going to fruitful if you're going to be fruitful and flourish. You got to get this part right. If you want to learn how to do the unforced rhythms, rhythms of grace, you got to watch me, you got to work with me. There's a partnership implied here. Walk with me. Work with me. Say that with me. Walk with me. Work with me. Abide and abound. ebb And flow rhythm and rest all of this has a way a flow about it so so last thing last thing let me make it very practical now number one you got to set a healthy calendar and you're like calendar really danny Church is church. No, no, the Bible's a calendar. got a calendar, the, the, the creation, right? He gave days, he gave, he gave months, he gave years, the sun rises, that's all part of it, right? So, so when you think about the order, the flow, the rhythm of your days, you have to think practically. Like, how do I do this? So, so 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, Paul says, you say I have the right to do anything. He said, but, but not everything is, say this with me, is Beneficial. So meaning just because you have the right to do anything, to jam your calendar with anything, you can justify anything. The better question is, is this going to be beneficial? Right? We got to get the most important things on the calendar to set the rhythm, the flow of our lives. Right? Is this beneficial? Is it beneficial that I drag my kids to 50,000 things? Is it beneficial for them? Is it beneficial for you? Have you ever considered that FOMO, fear of missing out, is killing you, right? Have, have you ever thought about the narrative that you believe, the script that you're playing from, Where, and I'll give you a perfect for instance, that it, that it might be false. A perfect for instance is many of you have said, hey, this is just a really busy stretch, and I've done this same lie to myself. I, I'll rest, I'll reprioritize, I'll pay more attention um, to fill in the blank when the season is over, is over. But the truth is, if you're honest with yourself, many of you have been living in this, this season of busy your whole life. And, 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 and so you're abounding, but you're not abiding. And so I'm just gonna tell you something real quick, and you can hear it or not. If you don't declare a finish line to a busy season, your body or your mind or your marriage or your mental health or your family will create a finish line for you. You and I have to make concrete decisions, convictions, about what matters most, what is most important, and it must show up in our calendar. So, so the question is, is it beneficial? Not, can I do it? Is it beneficial? So, three, three areas, and I'm gonna go so fast here. Faith, family, and work. These are the three sort of big rocks that have to be figured out. Faith, family, and and work. I'm not going to talk about all all three of them. I'm just going to give you a key thought, though, here around this. My, My calendar is not just about what gets done, but who I want to become. And I want to ask you a question. Who or what do you want to become? What kind of family do you want to have? What kind of marriage do you want to have? What kind of health do you want to have? What kind of mental health do you want to have, right? We got to have core convictions, bedrock convictions about faith and family and work. Faith, let me ask you a question. Do do your days have a set time to meet with God, right? You, You want to flourish in your life? planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God, connected to the vine. That's how it happens. There are a lot of things we have to do every day, but none of them are going to be more beneficial to you than your time with God. And there's gonna be a million lesser things that are gonna vie for your attention, but I would argue that you should give 15 to 20 minutes a day consistently to God. You can raise the number or, or shrink the number as the seasons go, but start somewhere. Get that Bible app out, version. Get a Bible plan on there. Spend time in the Word. Spend time in worship. Spend time in and, and the principles that we give God our first and best, and we trust Him with the rest. Now, gather Gather, right? This is another part of faith. Gather every week, whether it's online or, or whether it's here in person. Make it a priority to be in church every week. I promise you that over the course of a year, and some of you have, have seen this happen. You just make a commitment. This, on this day, at this time, we're going to gather with God's people in God's house to hear God's word, to give God worship. That's what we're going to do. And somehow, over time, it impacts your family. It transforms your family. Family, that's the, the other area. Here's another huge area of your life. As a parent, you just get this window. And my kids are hitting that window now where they're going to go out and, and go out into the world and do whatever they're going to do. Listen, listen. I can spend so much time justifying why I'm working so hard for them, but if I don't spend time with them modeling what it looks like for a healthy family, a healthy marriage, a, a healthy a, a relationship with God, they're, they're going to miss this. Last thing. If, if, if you want a new season, you might need to start with a new schedule. Schedule. And this is where I'm at right now. The schedule that worked for me from, for, for 35 to 50 years old, I've been hanging on to that schedule. It doesn't work for me anymore. I'm, I'm wearing Saul's armor, and I realize that I'm in a new season of my life, and things have to adjust. And so I'm figuring that out now. I'm playing with things. I'm working things out. How do I get the most important things as part of the flow, the rhythm of my life? How do I fit that in? How do I make it a priority? And one of the great things that you're gonna have to learn, somebody, is to say no. No, we can't do that. No, we're not gonna go to that. No, we're not gonna add one more thing, right? In fact, what we're gonna do is we're gonna allow God to prune some stuff out of our schedule, out of our rhythms, so that we can live in health and well-being, And I know, I know, because I've talked to many, I talked to a family this morning and the guy said, I feel so much pressure to level up. He's 31 years old. I feel so much pressure in my career to level up. And there's so much energy and effort involved in leveling up. And I said, to what end, my man? Because I know, I know. I I, I hear you. I hear you. I want to grow. I want to flourish. I want to level up. But listen, not at the cost of my faith, not at the cost of my family. Hear me. Not at the cost of my faith, not at the cost of my family. Faith and family become before work. So work has to be suited around faith and family. I got to figure that out. And listen, you have the image of God on you, which means that God created the world. He created order, rhythm, patterns, seasons out of disorder, the image of God is upon you. So whatever season of life you're in right now, and you're like, I got little kids, I got little babies. like it's th- th- They're determining the times and seasons of my life. You're like, I get it, I get it, I understand. Been there, done that. You still gotta figure it out. Everybody's gotta figure it out. And you have the image of God on you. You can figure out the season you're in, what we do with the season we're in. Does that make sense? Thank you that one person that said it didn't. God worked six days, And he rested on the seventh. If you hear nothing else, you and I, we must, we must. Not as a, because it's like, God's gonna get us if we don't. God gifts us Sabbath. Stop. Cease. Rest. Play. Have fun. Ebb. Flow. In the ebb. What a weird word. I've said it so many times today. I'm just, every time I think it, it feels so weird to say ebb. But in the ebb, There is rest, there is peace, there is joy. God comes to us a lot of times in the ebb, in the rest, in the abiding. Please, 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 hear me. So many people are struggling and anxious and fearful and angry and worried and stressed out all the time. And we all have seasons where some of that's gonna be true, but if that's the season we've been in for a long stretch of time, please stop. Seek the face of God. Put God first, his ways, his rhythm. It's an unforced rhythm of grace. Walk with me, work with me. Come on, walk with me, Jesus says, work with me and I'll show you how. That's my prayer over you. Every young family, every young couple, every young adult trying to figure it out, trying to go, like let's go, but let's also stop. Ebb, flow, rhythm, rest. I'm praying that for you. I'm praying we figure this out. There's so much more to say, no time to say it over time, but listen, go out and figure it out. Get some help to figure it out. Talk to your spouse, talk to your family, talk to your mentors, get a coach. Whatever you gotta do, figure out this stuff out. Fruitfulness and flourishing is God's design for your life. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord. Or wherever my words have failed, and I'm sure they have, I pray that you would give people a vision for this. Get, help people to get clarity around this. That their lives are meant to bear fruit that will remain. Help them to stay planted. Help them to stay connected. Help them to be plugged in, God to the ways, the word, the presence, the, uh, the people of God. I pray that these people in this room, out in the lobby, out in the tent, anyone listening to this online or, or, or as a podcast, whatever, they, that they would slow down and think this through. Think it through. God, give them wisdom around that, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.